Welcome to the Bocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. Charlene, we're halfway through the year. How is that possible? Uh, um, I mean, you know, 24 hours a day, 360. Okay. 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 We're also at episodio 50, 50. <gasps> Finally, the episodios are older than us. <laughs> 50 I know half a century we us. need to yeah we need to celebrate celebrate I like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's have a drink mm-hmm. done and done here we go Cheers. to the 50th Aww. so Charlene we're in June and a lot happens in June mm-hmm. we have pride month father's day Juneteenth start of summer mm-hmm. Home Depot has a tool sale for Father's Day. You know, there's a lot of important things that happen during June. There really are. Among those, and some of the things we'll talk about today, weddings. (gasps) It's wedding season. Mm -hmm. Um, Get married, Kat. uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's on my to-do list. Perfect. (laughs) So weddings vacations yes and then we have a summer movie coming out that's so hot 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 wow i know this this particular movie has given me all sorts of like ooh, i can incorporate hot in everything i love it i'm ready flaming hot is coming out in theaters near you Mm -hmm. and it's the directorial debut of eva longoria which i love i love this Yes. yes so that's our guy the nuevo we'll talk about not just the movie but did it happen the way they said it happened? And hot everything. Flaming hot everything. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Flaming hot Mountain Dew. Yeah, that happens. Mm. So here we go. First things first. So um, I think this song by Stevie Wonder, like, No wedding Saturdays within the month of June. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time I was very, like, Wait, what? Weddings happen in June? Mm. And ever since then, yeah, I was, oh, okay. They do the wedding shows in the spring so that you can get your stuff together for June weddings, all of the things. There are so many hilarious reasons why June is Mark's wedding season. Would you like to hear some of them, Kat? Please. Please enlighten. So this one's, you know, this is a good one. Um, So the goddess Juno for mm-hmm. whom the month of June is named, was a protector of all women, especially in marriage and childbearing. So it was thought that if you got married in June, it was good foreboding for your birth, your marriage, all the things. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I could see that one. Um, this one I would not have thought of. So in the Middle Ages, people didn't bathe like we do now. It was not a thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so for many peasants they only were able to bathe once a year which was often in the late spring which meant that people could just smell good for wedding ceremonies god bless i'm I'm really i'm really hoping that that asterisk is like the colonizers weren't the bathers because but i you know i I don't i don't know it's it's all it's a lot to think about bathing in spring okay Mm -hmm. um this one makes a lot of sense just flowers mm, okay the availability of flowers that so yeah. flowers are around the decoration all the things um there there is a note here that the flowers also were important to mask unhygienic odors <laughs> because of the previously <laughs> noted topic mm-hmm. when i when i get married and i send out wedding invitations i'm gonna be like be sure to bathe 
I, mean, I don't have enough flowers for your smell. It's a lot. Um, also, June is really nice weather. It's not super duper hot yet. You're coming out of maybe the cold month. So it was also nice to do outdoor stuff, outdoor weddings. Sure, um, makes sense. And still is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is so much. So there's also this thought that if the bride married in june she would already be pregnant by the summer and then would have just sort of wrapped that all up and been ready to help out with manual labor again once summer came the next year (laughs) what the hell why that's planning dude wow Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna need you to wrap that up so you can help with the harvest (laughs) right what the hell Mm mm-hmm Oh, I didn't, oh, I don't mm-hmm. like that one, but, mm, okay. No. no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's some history to the uh, June wedding that I was unaware of. S- uh, this is really good history lesson, because I didn't, other than the song, I didn't realize why <laughs> we were choosing June at all. Yeah, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. <laughs> it makes sense in terms of weather here, because it's really windy, mm-hmm. right? through spring and you just don't want shit to blow away right especially at outdoor weddings or what have you Mm -hmm. so this brings up for me because okay you have two under your belt wow i have none under my belt wow so this is actually like okay i'm gonna learn from the best here I don't know if having multiple weddings means you're learning <laughs> from the best. I didn't. So to clarify, the best in terms of weddings, maybe not necessarily the marriage part, oh, okay, but the yeah, weddings. Fair. Yes. Good. Okay. Okay. So I you did do that right. So you had you for your first one, it mm-hmm. was bigger. The second one was mm-hmm. smaller. Mm-hmm. So all right. Well, I'm going to pick your brain for some of these yeah. things. Okay. okay. I'm ready. So destination wedding versus in you know at home like in the city that you're at wedding which one was better for you oh destination every time it was really lovely to i mean being so being latino if you invite immediate family only that's 700 people like (laughs) how do you feed these people (laughs) then they want to open bar like that's a million dollars. There's no way. And then people are, no me invitaron. No, es que no me invitaron. Like, I, I don't want to deal with that. So the destination wedding really sort of fil- allowed people to filter themselves out, right? Like, not everyone could afford it. Also, people were like, eh, I don't really want to. Like, I would go to the wedding if it was down the street, but that feels like a lot. You know, maybe she's my cousin, but not my favorite cousin, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it kind of took some of that pressure off financially and just, the ton of people that you know i i really wanted to enjoy a smaller group of folks and that allowed that to happen and it was kind of like a little vacation and honeymoon and all the things all in one place having destination also meant you know i wasn't having to make sure my house was clean or the backyard or any of that it was all someone else took care of all the things and it was lovely Okay, so one of the things that you brought up, which is if you don't invite everybody, Mm -hmm. that was one of the first notes that I took on weddings because my partner and I, whenever we have talked about weddings, her opinion is smaller is better. Like invite the immediacy of the people that you want to have there. Mm -hmm. And even then I was like, but that's still 700 people. I right. realize, like, <laughs> right. even if I said, because then it's, you know, yes, maybe I have a tight-knit group of 20 family members, 
those 20 multiply like bunnies. Oh, yeah, yes. Because their plus one becomes plus 100. And then you got to invite their mom, and then you got to invite their sister, and then they have kids, and a husband, and a partner, and, and, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, there are... S- there are, even if I'm not tight with someone, there are some people that you you would still want there because they have a meaningful place anyway, right? So having one that's not a destination that's close to home, you, like you were saying, you wouldn't be able to, to escape not being able to invite. Yes. And really, even though you invite 10 people, 700 come anyway. Right, and it's harder to say no mm-hmm. and easier for people to show up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So destination, so the first wedding that you had, oh God. it was larger, typically Latine? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so the, what did that in mean In the for? church, in the house of the Lord, Ooh. The, the bishop married us. Oh, snap. It was the whole thing, the lasso, the 500 oh, wow. people, the giant piñata in the middle of the thing. It was the giant puffy dress. So Latino weddings, it's a whole thing to figure out, because it really is an art form, but who's going to lead the marcha? Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. It really is an art. Like, you have to know what you're doing, or you're just going to have people trampling each other and not getting lost. I don't know. It's a whole thing. So orchestrating this really beautiful dance. So there was the dollar dance, There are all the things, all the Latino things, all the cousins and the theos you know drinking shots out of the trunk of somebody's car in the back because they're not going to pay because it's only an open bar for like until it runs out which is like 35 minutes and then you know everybody's got to go pop trunk tequila it was a whole thing cat okay so if you were to do it again for the big one not for the destination would you start stocking up on stuff and things like a year in advance or would you like a new husband (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, I would have. Mm-hmm. So, would you have done a destination the first time if if you had the opportunity? I wouldn't have done the first time if I had fair. the opportunity. Fair, fair. But um, you know, looking back, I was really young. It it felt like the expectation at that time mm-hmm. to to do it in that way. So, you know. There were mariachis. There was, I I don't regret the party. I do not regret the party. Um, I, I mean, and we went to Juarez and bought the decoration. Like it was, it was what you did. It just felt like part of the tradition of it all. And, and it really was fun um, until then, you know, of course I had to spend the rest of like the next 10 years with that guy. But other than that, it was, the party was lovely. So if your current husband, your current spouse was Latino, would you have done a destination wedding anyway? Or would you have tried to to do a little bit more like traditional-esque? I don't know. That's hard to say because this just felt right for us and who we are as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I can't, I'm, I'm sure there are some Latinos that, you know, have also been married multiple times that don't want to do that again. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think it just needs to make sense for the people. Like, what do you really want? What's important to you at the end of the day? At the end of the day, you two are going to be married. That can be done at a courthouse. That can be done. You can elope. You can go to Vegas and have Elvis marry you. Whatever you want to do. It just needs to feel right for the people and whatever kind of relationship they have. So when I have conversations with my partner about this, in my head, I'm thinking, that's great. We can do the courthouse thing and, and all of that. I still want to party. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I almost feel like obligated as a as a as a cousin, as an aunt, as a sibling, um, as just a family member, a, a niece, to want to share that experience because really, um, my family loves her more than me, so I really feel like they need to <laughs> be part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like they're booting me out, like, oh, finally, legally, she's getting taken care of by the other one. <laughs> like, she's not our problem anymore. Congratulations. She's your problem, yeah. But do so here's an interesting question. Do you feel a type of pressure to also show up in a bigger way because it would be a same-sex marriage? No, I, I feel a pressure to... I think I feel a pressure to keep it as um, not traditional, but to keep some themes that people already know. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, I would want to have a dollar dance. Mm-hmm. I Maybe not the lassos, but I would want to have just some thematic things that feel like weddings that I have gone to and love and know. Like there absolutely needs to be a whole last section of Gumbia and mm-hmm. Selena and not just contemporary music or whatever. Um, I would want there to be enchiladas or, you know, food that feels family for me yeah. and, and not, n- not necessarily like a, a rubber chicken dinner at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would want to have some semblance of tradition in part because I want them to take this union seriously. Yeah. Not just to carry on those traditions, but to be like, see, my marriage is just as fucking important as yours is. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way until you were just saying all these things. I also want drag queens at mine. So, you know, I won't be blending. (laughs) Ooh. Can you have a drag queen officiant? I, you know what? I have been, I admittedly, since this would be my first official marriage, I have been thinking about what I would want it to look like and mixing the the traditional and the cat are sometimes they don't always go together. Mm. So who would be the officiant? Who what the decorations would look like? What who would be going because it really would. It would be my family and then it would be like tight friends, right? Like mm-hmm. ideally if I could afford it. Um and some of those friends are not good. One of these things doesn't look like the other. Mm-hmm. So there would definitely be some like, okay, you must be a really good friend. And <laughs> you must be family. <laughs> right. Yeah, there would be no question about where people fit in the mix. Right. So while I do want some traditional things like the dollar dance, I want traditional things like the dollar dance to have also drag queens in there because that's just part of part and parcel to the community that I that I am a part of and have built mm-hmm. and all of the things i can't wait I, me either <laughs> <laughs> should should you tell your partner that this is gonna happen i am or? saying nothing until we actually like this is the way i figure it a she's not gonna listen to this episode and b um i'm i'm just gonna be planning the back end of it and just being like oh don't worry about it we've got this it's fine it's fine and then when she shows up she's gonna be like what the fuck but you know once you're in it you can't back out she's gonna be like why does this look like rupaul's drag race inside a (laughs) cathedral what is happening right now 
<laughs> I would not get married by the church or any church. Even though I have my minister's license, I would not get married by the church. You didn't get married by the church the second time. No. No. Mm. Uh, on purpose? Like, was that even a discussion when you were talking about marriage? No, it couldn't be because I... Any church, any church, like the Universalist Church of Christ or whatever, like the... I grew up Catholic. Um, I am a buffet-style Catholic at this point, taking what feels right in my heart and my soul and leaving the rest. Um, So it would not have felt authentic to go somewhere else and do that Mm -hmm. in another church. Like, that just wouldn't have fit who you are who I am and if if the need was to be in the church um there's a whole you know the annulment all the things if it were that important to me that probably would have been a route that I went but it it wasn't like Hmm. it just wasn't a thing for me mad respect for that mad respect yeah no so we were talking about a couple of things that are um part of a lot of Latina weddings that we have gone to Mm -hmm. I can't say all because you know generalizations Sure. sure so there's like the dollar dance there's um, entertainment that we have not just a DJ but sometimes folks get like um, mariachis that go yep. like you said you had mariachis one of my cousins the person that he married um, first not even first gen they came to the US and Spanish speaking only and um, the entertainment that they had was a chero like a ranchero doing the lasso tricks as entertainment and stuff. What? Seriously. And in conversation, it was like she wanted something just very not assimilated. And that was part of what she Mm. had wanted. And I was like, wow, I've never seen this at a wedding before. That's very cool. Right? Yeah. What are some of the favorite things that you remember from Latina weddings that you've gone to? There's always like that kid asleep on a chair on someone's jacket. Mm -hmm. I think that's just like part for the course. That's a whole other thing, like kids at a wedding, which is a whole topic, right? Like some people are like, oh, no kids Mm -hmm. because they want it to be Mm -hmm. this like adult only whatever. I want to get trashed without my kids seeing me. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I I love kids. I feel like that's part of that family vibe everything you're talking about my own kids were at our wedding like you know super traditional my own daughter was the flower girl because <laughs> yeah uh and she was sick she had a fever it was, it was a whole thing she was crying the whole time my parents were my mom was taking care of her it was a lot and my husband's sister it, it was just so much but I love kids at a wedding dancing usually they're out there acting a fool being wild doing all their dance moves which I just absolutely is so joyful I love that um and I think you're right something about the food just has to be comforting comfort food right like this Mm. is we're celebrating we're gonna leave like Pansayena from here this is and then we're gonna go get food after um I ate fat burger after my wedding and popcorn from the movies and it was the, it was the best it was the best yeah so good so good mm. um i think one other thing that i do love about a wedding is that people just get dressed up like people just feel like they can you know there's like a whole wedding style that people are ready to do and i i just love seeing wedding styles mm yeah I love the wedding outfits, not going to lie. 
um, it's beautiful to see people like dust off the, especially like in, in, in my case, it's usually the men because mm-hmm. they're, you know, even if it's like, oh, but we're going to go dinner with the family, it's still like jeans and a shirt or whatever. Right. Women have a tendency, and yes, this is very in the binary and very stereotypical. Women have a tendency to dress up more for other things, but to see the men really like, oh, I need to find that one t- that one tie that I've kept from the 70s <laughs> to do for all of the special things that has been in the same knot for years. I just loosen it and put it over my neck right. for this one thing. Mm-hmm. That is nice to see the people getting dressed up yeah. to celebrate with you. Yes, I love that. Did you have a specific dance song that was like wedding thematic? Um, yes. So wedding songs for sure. The la- the my most recent wedding <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a just kind of a. St- not a very popular singer um someone who's local from here that has this great song crazy like you and the words pretty much say everybody's crazy you just got to find somebody that's crazy like you Mm. um and it really just was like kind of it fit really well very apropos it was yeah and so and actually one of the coolest wedding gifts that we got was my husband's sister had a printed, like the lyrics are printed in the shape of a heart um, in a little frame and it's really beautiful. Aww. Yeah. All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of a game with you. Oh God, okay. I'm I ready. know, here I love we go. Games. Mm-hmm. Um, since you have two weddings under your belt and I have none, that's why I'm pl- you get the pleasure of having mm. this game. Okay, so in a traditional Latina uh, wedding, fill in the blank. Mm. The one uncle who, passes out in the car before the ceremony's over the one Thea that oh god (laughs) (laughs) true story it was not my wedding but a family wedding my aunt who is significant I mean she's in her 80s at this point um she was probably in her 70s when this happened but it was a Vegas wedding and she had really really found the tequila um was crawling under the tables with the kids <laughs> scaring people <laughs> so that one thea who's crawling under the table <laughs> el primo que is trying to hook up with the bridesmaids <laughs> um yep. and the dj who has been instructed to not play any line dancing at all well done. Yeah, I hate line dancing. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Okay. <sighs> I love that cat. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant. The first time I ever got drunk drunk was at a wedding mm. because they handed out like sparkling wine, not real champagne, right? Mm-hmm. And um, my immediate family are not, they don't consume a whole lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So parents... So I went around the table and was like, you ain't drinking this, I am. You ain't drinking this, <laughs> free booze. <laughs> I was, I was like deep drunk on the way home. And so the wedding was in Las Cruces. We lived in El Paso at the time. So it was like, oh, that was fun. That was a fun ride home. I, so you know my drink of choice is bubbly. Mm-hmm. That is my drink of choice. I, right. And I've had, I've ordered it and I've had people, oh, what are you celebrating? I'm like, Life. Tuesday? I don't know. <laughs> So just this weekend, a friend was saying, like, you guys really got me on this. And he's he is male and 
he was like you guys got me on the champagne i love this stuff it's like a different kind of drunk it's like a like a sparkly kind of drunk and i was like yeah that's why i'm always such a goddamn delight (laughs) haven't you noticed (laughs) the (laughs) the upper class (laughs) drunk (laughs) sparkly just like me oh just like you so from weddings shift is there anything else about weddings before we shift over to vacaciones i mean you know good luck <laughs> good luck how did, so one last question that i have for you how much did you bank on the dollar dance just the dollar dance alone oh my god i don't know that was so long ago that was a long time ago. And I did they remember. pin them onto? Oh, yeah. The straight pins. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a new way of doing this? Is there like post Cash app? Or I don't know. Do cash There's like, like the little a like QR, QR code. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is happening at your wedding cut. There's a Absolutely. QR code. Done. Someone tell my partner because that's going to be interesting. Like, okay, here's it. I don't know that we've ever been to one where she's seen the dollar dance. Okay. So, and you know how they get crazy, right? Oh, like yeah. the especially when it's a binary wedding and the the cousins will take the male cousins will take out the groom and they'll oh, like yeah. spin them the fuck around. Pick them up. Do, oh yeah, all of it. Has it. N- I don't think has seen that. Mm-hmm. So, not that I think that anybody will spin either her or I around like crazy, but maybe, right? Challenge because accepted. Exactly. But um, yeah, I I've got to at least like okay, just, le- just you're gonna have to consent is you're doing the dollar dance. Yeah. When the music plays, that is the Damn. consent that they need to spin you. Times have changed. We're gonna have a whole line before you get to the dollar dance line that has like the swipe, the <laughs> QR code, a, con- a waiver of consent. <laughs> There's gonna be like a whole pre-dance thing. Yeah. I think the consent should be sent out with the. RSVP. <laughs> so, like, when you when you are your RSVP means that you your your likeness will be shown yep. on all social sorts media, of, yeah, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. That really. is your consent. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. So, from weddings to vacations. <gasps> although sometimes your wedding can be a vacation, yes. as you've shown. Love that. So we have talked about vacations before, like specifically road trips. We talked about mm-hmm. our memories around the road trips with familia. Mm-hmm. And while road trips are part of vacation and summer, we're looking at kind of the larger view of vacations because it is summer and people, this is when people travel the most. So first um, question for you is, did you take them as a kid? I think you, you had mentioned going to, to uh, Disneyland, but did you take vacations, vacations every summer? It was, mo- I, I, I want to say most summers, but it was always the road trip and it was always to California because we had family there and it was just a less expensive trip. I, you know, now thinking back, um, late when I was an early adolescence, I guess, I think my godparents got a timeshare. And so we would go, like we went to Harlingen one year. We went to San Antonio one year. Yeah. Harlingen. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> There's vacation <laughs> That we there was okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So you went on. You, so not just Disneyland. You went to other spots mm-hmm. to predominantly for family. Yeah, but there was no like we're not loading up on a plane and going anywhere. That was not a thing when we were kids. It was load up as many family members as you can fit in the van and we're going. Mm. Did you go on like real vacations? Which I mean is a real vacation, but like in a plane to we didn't go to Hawaii for two weeks. Like that was not a thing. 
So most of the, kind of, okay. most of the vacationing that we had ever done was like either to visit family, but our family weren't in fabulous places like California, really. We had one Theo in California, but it, we never went out to see him while, while I was young and while my parents were still together. Um, but we did go to like um, Chinle, Arizona or Albuquerque for mm. like weekends or, you know, at most four days or whatever. We did day trips to like Carlsbad Caverns right, and Rodoso. Yep. Mm-hmm. We did camping, like not glamping. It was legit like tent and all of the shit mm-hmm. camping. So it wasn't, we never went to, I didn't go to Disneyland until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have like the vacation that you think of where it's on a purpose without visiting family. Right, yeah. I didn't do that until we were adults. Mm-hmm. And there was only, my very first plane ride was with family and we were visiting so my father was in the army and and I think it was like his sergeant or something who was a close he was close enough to be family so we went to stay and visit and stay with him in San Antonio so that w- and that was like a week long adventure mm. on a plane which for us was like a big fucking deal because otherwise it w- really was just road trips because that was affordable right and you're talking three kids two adults mm-hmm. that can really add up right so the answer is not really, except for the family adventures. Yeah, that's interesting. Because same, I rem- the first airplane ride I took was my grandmother had gotten really sick, my mom's mom, and was in a hospital in Denver. And my sister was maybe a year old. And we flew out to see my grandmother, and it was horrendous. Like, I will never forget that. Because my sister had um, an ear infection. And so once we got, like, pressurized, Mm. oh, my, she screamed her head off the entire flight. And people were so shitty. And my poor mom, like, I just remember it being so awful. And then one of her bottles that was in the bag blew up. So it was leaking everywhere, like above us from the above uh cabin thing. Oh my God. It was, it was really bad. And did you travel with your child in that, like one year old or whatever on a plane? I did. And she was wonderful. Hmm. She's a great traveler. How much Benadryl did you give her? (laughs) (laughs) It was lots of lollipops, candy, all the things. She, she was, she's a great traveler. She always has been. Um, there was one time where we got the cops called on us uh, in Laughlin because <laughs> <laughs> we had taken, um, she had a pacifier and we had taken it from her like two weeks before and she, I guess just the change was too much um, with not having the pacifier and she lost her her freaking mind for hours like losing it ran herself headfirst into the dresser um almost passed out we were packing up getting ready to leave and put her in the stroller like strapped in so that we could gather all our shit Mm -hmm. um and she fell asleep and we stayed there we stayed the night with the full intention of leaving in the morning we didn't it all worked out but yeah, she was crying so bad that somebody thought some someone had left a child unattended in a hotel room, like, to go gamble or whatever, which happens a lot, apparently. Oh, wow. 
and yeah, we we were all in there. Uh, she was just losing her damn mind. So besides that, she's a great traveler. <laughs> so yes, we have done the family vacay uh, a lot. Oh uh, well, I'm glad that she's a great traveler. It's really helpful. I have I have found a newfound respect for like when I had traveled before for jobs or whatever. I hated being on a plane with a child. Hated it, loathed it. I was like, oh my! I was I would spy as we were waiting in line for Southwest or whatever to grab our seats. Like, who's got the kid, and how the fuck far away I can sit from them? And that attitude came from a very privileged position of um, I don't have kids. I don't know what it's like to really try to travel with a child because they have needs and they have. They don't understand what's going on, right? They don't understand that you have to sit and wait and then you won't be able to roam around for a while, like all of those things. And uh, in the past, I would say decade or so, um, and I would attribute that in part to my partner, in part to like you and being in the job that we were in, Mm -hmm. just learning how like just be a good human being and how you can help someone else in that situation. Because if the kid's crying you know, this isn't like a happy situation for the parent either. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure things out and maybe flustered, maybe tired themselves, maybe cranky themselves. And you don't know under what circumstances they're flying, whether they're going to Denver and visiting a, a grandparent who's ill, or if they're just going to Disneyland and someone's just really like, Nessia, I'm yeah, waiting to totally. get there. So much more respect and help and like, now I'm, you know, carrying extra snacks and shit in my bag to be just in case that, you know, the the parent is overwhelmed or the guardian is overwhelmed. Like, help out and have a snack in here and how can we mm-hmm. help you and, and all mm-hmm. the things. Just trying to be a good human being. Oh, my gosh. And there are so many. I mean, again, just people having cell phones and recording things that happen on planes right now. What the hell? People lose their damn minds. Mm-hmm. They lose their shit. It's so weird. And security is a whole different thing. Like, it's already anxiety-inducing if you're, for a lot of people, if you're going to fly, but then going through the security process and all that, it can be a lot for people, even if you're going on vacation and doing something pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So it can be a lot. Um, what has your favorite vacation ever been? Oh. Okay, so I would have two. Um, one would be your wedding. And that was because that was the first time my partner and I had gotten away without kids. Like we didn't, mm-hmm. we, it wasn't a roller derby thing. It wasn't, it was just us and, and your wedding offered an opportunity to get away in a way that I, I hadn't with her before. So we did get to spend, and it wasn't like the wedding was like, you are mandated to do this every day or we're all going to have brunch together every single day and lunch and all the things. It was like great go to the wedding all the other things that you want to do whatever you're right. you're on you're a grown-ass adult <laughs> so we got to do some things on our own that were that were just nice um and then we recently went to Mazatlan to go visit a friend and and it was a vacation that we weren't tourists so much as we were just friends in that moment yeah so that was really cool to not have to be like we're going to a vacation destination that everybody loves and it's very touristy but we didn't there was no obligation to to do touristy things it was just we're gonna sit at home and and just have dinner and watch the kids great I want to do that for a second and not 
not anything else. And I want to re- reconnect with my friends whom I hadn't seen, you know, in a long time. I hadn't met their first child. So mm-hmm. it was just nice to do that. So those are so far my two, like, favorite. Love and that. yours? Um, I also super loved my wedding trip to Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. It was, I had never been there before. It was beautiful. We just had so much fun. It was just ridiculous. And we had a blast. So fun. Um, and then the other, I think, would be... So back in the day, I think I was 20, my sister won a trip to Hawaii through her job. So we were broke. We had no money. But she won this trip, which which was like um, flight and hotel, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to figure out the rest. Um, She was with a boyfriend at the time. I was with my ex-husband at the time. And it was just... We got on the plane, and there was this um, a Hawaiian dude on the plane who was kind of like, oh, where are your parents? Like, you know, why are you going to Hawaii? Whatever. So she kind of tells him this whole thing. Like, oh, want a trip? Whatever. He's like, really? Well, who's with you? And he's like, oh, just my sister and, you know, whatever. He's like, oh. So I think he realizes we're not these spoiled ass, whatever, going to exploit Hawaii, right? We don't know what the fuck we're doing. He writes down this list of places where we should go eat and places that we should go. Dude, it was, so we ate out of food trucks. We ate, like, we didn't do all the bougie, super expensive stuff. We ate at local places. It was the best. It was the first time I had ever gone snorkeling that was life-altering for me like seriously life-changing to see just I mean first of all I grew up in the desert so the ocean Mm -hmm. alone is just a lot but to see the animals to see the fish just not at SeaWorld just like out in your up in your grill and kind of being a little bit afraid and my sister's a way better swimmer than I was so I was like a little bit nervous about being in that water oh my god though it was phenomenal so I think that's probably those are my top two for sure. Eat snorkeling. Oh, so good. Oh, I wish back in the day that you would have had the opportunities like we do now to be able to take the pictures underwater, oh. like with our cell phones. Not that not that, that wasn't an availability back then, but like certainly it wasn't as easily available to, to take a right. camera down yeah. under. So. No, and, and it just was, there were these huge fish, huge that would just swim right up to you and look like they're just looking at you like you're looking at them like the fuck are you doing here (laughs) just like i don't know bro and you're like all right cool don't fuck shit up okay it was so weird um and just this glimpse into we we are such tiny specks on this planet right that i remember feeling like that like feeling like oh my gosh there's just so much more out there um which was probably a uh, foreshadowing of the marriage that was about to happen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was, be- it, was, it was wonderful. So having all of these, because having traveled quite a bit and all of these experiences of traveling road trips via plane uh, for both pleasure and for work, what are some like tips and tricks you would offer to folks flying first and then road trips second? Ooh, tips. Um, I had to learn this the hard way. Um, if flying, if you're going to check luggage, which I always check luggage because, you know, I have like a million hair products. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, take your, any medications you need, 
and like contact solution, contact glasses, whatever, with mm-hmm. you in your bag mm-hmm. on the plane in case shit goes down, anything goes wrong, you have the immediate things you need that you can't necessarily replace like at the Walgreens when you land or whatever, make sure you have those things with you. That can be super important. Um, road trip tip? Road trip tip. Just the tip? Just the tips. Road trip tip. Uh, man, if you're traveling with kids, snacks upon snacks upon snacks, and also a trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my tips for road trips. Mm, yeah. I, I would say snacks for regardless of what kind of trip Fair. you're going to have. Because even if you're flying, like, it's so fucking expensive to eat at an airport. It's so expensive. And not great either. Like, it's no, not always great I, food either, depending where you end up. Right. Yeah. So I would say take some snacks with mm-hmm. you regardless of where you go. Um, nothing spicy the day <laughs> before you get on a plane. <laughs> nothing spicy before you get on a plane. Well. If not for yourself, for your fellow passengers who are on that plane with you. Wow. Please and thank you. Speaking of spicy. Hmm. You like flaming Hot? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I am a big fan of flaming Hot. Pretty much everything. Really? I won't sit there and eat like an entire bag, but like some antoja, no. like a few, mm. especially the ones with lime, oh, especially yeah. like a good... Uh, and I tahin on whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I am a, I do like the spices. How far back do you remember being having an option of spiciness? So that is so interesting. Um, I don't. Outside of having chile in food, I don't remember that being a thing. Like I don't remember when that started being a thing. And that's a super interesting question because. There's an upcoming movie all about the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Well, the Flaming Hot ex- uh, experience that comes with Cheetos, Frito-Lay, and uh, the overall corporate PepsiCo, the overall corporation, right? So Flamin' Hot is the name of the movie. It's uh, the directorial debut by uh, Eva Longoria, and it stars Jesse Garcia and Annie Gonzalez, Mm, I love Annie Gonzalez. As Richard Montañez and his wife, the and Richard is has been for um, many years saying that he is the inventor of the flaming hot spiciness that is Cheeto, which is everywhere. And I was half joking about what they have a flaming hot Mountain Dew. They fucking have a flaming hot Mountain Dew. There's flaming hot everything right now. Like so, then there's this whole flaming hot Cheeto, of course. Right. But there's. Um, Takis now, mm-hmm. which also there's blue takis, there's red that like what the fuck kind of chili is blue? I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is so weird. But there's blue takis. There's the hot lays, all the chips, all the spicy chips, all the spicy pretzels, hot lays. buffalo sp- hot lays. When's the last time you had a hot lay? Um, the chip <laughs> pervert. Uh, you know the best made pickles? No, the come brand. On. They have spicy pickles and they have best made spicy pickle beer. Mm. It's actually delicious. I can't drink a whole one because it's like a lot, but delicious. Mm-hmm. Freaking delicious. Um, of course, tahin. Put tahin on everything, especially fruit in the summer. Delicious. Do you know tahin's been around since 1985? No. I know. Isn't really? that crazy? But like to your point, I don't remember eating tahin. No. So weird. So I don't know where where the people were eating the tahin, but it wasn't in Here. Las Cruces. I mean, to be fair... Um, we we have the luxury of growing up with chile here regardless. True like, story. 
agriculturally that is one of our biggest exports mm -hmm. so to your point of do i remember having a chip that was solely dedicated to having chile on it no but that was also because we had like a million de dillion de salsas and queso and and everybody had their own separate like um the special ingredient to theirs and yeah. so it chile for us was everywhere it just mostly came as, as salsa or pico de gallo exactly i'm also loving these there's all these um like dulces enchilados now too that mm. have you know the lollipops with the spiciness on them or the um there's a little company out of cruces now called chamuquito and mm -hmm. they do all the spicy candies like the spicy gummy candies yes. so freaking delicious delicious so yes i love all the spices um also this is not a food but i do feel like it is something of note um hot cheeto girl on tiktok Hot I love Cheeto her. girl on TikTok. <gasps> Please tell me you know what this is. Maybe. Maybe I've seen her in passing. Oh, my. She, okay. Like, is her deal just eating Hot Cheetos or what? Pause right now. Go watch Hot Cheeto Girl on TikTok. Whatever you're doing, stop now. Go watch Hot Cheeto Girl if you have not already. She is like a girl you had in every high school class. <laughs> <laughs> that is just... I love it. I love it so much. Um, there's also all of these funny, like, stickers and references to kids having red, like, the three fingers, right? Because mm -hmm. they're just eating so much spicy chips that the dye is just in their blood now. I, I, Listen, I, I had a, a, a former colleague of mine <laughs> had perpetual <laughs> three-finger Cheeto. Yep residue there's like a, even a whole like i can't remember what it's called but there's like a word for that cheeto residue i think it's called cheetle if i'm not mistaken wow. um my daughters eat their cheetos with chopsticks oh wow uh -huh. mm -hmm. that's really smart well and so it feels super addictive mm -hmm. so scientists medical professionals have said that because of the hot like the heat the release of it's like natural opioids in your body when you get uh. that heat so it is like a little it can be addicting and then when that spice goes away you want another one mm -hmm. and you keep eating them because you're like oh i want that rush again and it's real it's an endorphin rush which is fascinating to me but you mentioned you mentioned a guy you I'm, mentioned I did. a guy so tell me about richard montañas Okay, so legend has it, and he's been on the on the tour um, for years now, saying that he was the inventor of the mm -hmm. hot cheat, the flaming hot specific um, spice that goes to the Cheetos, right? And um, there's so much so that there's a movie about him. He's gone on, um, you know, just discussions of how he was a janitor. He started as a janitor. And he ended up being an executive because of his push for these hot Cheetos. And A, there's so much so that there's a movie about him now, right? Like mm -hmm. that's that's a summer hit. And I wouldn't have otherwise been interested in the background. I would have just taken the movie. You know, obviously there's parts of the movie that are going to be exaggerated a little bit to give it some drama for <laughs> the big screen. But I really would have bought into from janitor to the inventor of Flamin' Hot che Cheetos. If it wasn't for, um, I was looking to see how good the movie was. Like right. I was looking at reviews. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled on a review that was written by a Latina individual. Um, and, and I say that specifically because I wanted to read a review from the mm -hmm. lens of our community. Sure. Because sometimes these feel-good stories or whatever are just like, oh, another Hispanic family making a feel-good movie kind of thing. <laughs> 
And I really wanted to get like, okay, what am I going to get out of this movie? And it was in that review that I learned that there might be some differences in the actual history of where the Flamin' Hot came from and what is documented in uh, Frito-Lay mm-hmm. archives and what Richard Montañez has said. And I'm not going to go down this path of, because he's got... You know, he's got a couple books out, some memoirs. He's got the movie out. So I'm not going to go down the path of what is or isn't. I just was super uh, flabbergasted <laughs> that there may have been some difference. Like, not not like, not differences like who was in the room or how long it took him to figure out the, the spiciness. It was legit. Who actually did create the, the, the flavor and what parts did he play in his actual career mm-hmm. that was aimed at the Latina community? Because there, I mean, there he is did, le- the, he did right. There is a legitness to mm-hmm. that piece. Like mm-hmm. he really did have a push mm-hmm. for let's market specifically to the Latina community. Mm-hmm. And there was a brand that was specific to it. Sabris, Sabrisosa, Sabris. I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry. I'll have to look back on that article. But there was some legitimate, legitimate legitimate claims to his story and then there's there's some that are not quite which is so interesting so yeah i didn't you shared this with me and i was like wait what so there's urban legend there's this guy he's the janitor at Mm frito-lay and he gets this idea for flaming hot and he's like this is what my people want I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch it to the big guy gets a face-to-face with the CEO and it's this whole like dramatic unfolding of him being the low guy in the whole Frito-Lay and then getting his big break through Flamin' Hot and I mean truly it's a story we want to believe Mm -hmm. the janitor to executive like we all want to believe that this happens right the rags to riches kind of thing especially when it's around some a Latino who is bringing in our, our love for spiciness into a general mainstream market, all this, right? It just feels good. And then <laughs> I start reading it. I'm like, um, no, they had a whole research team on this. This woman, mm-hmm. this is the sad part for me. This woman is the one who's like, um, yeah, I was eating like 80 bags of chips a week trying to figure out a new flavor. <laughs> and it was really me and my you know, team who came up with this and built the brand and all of this. So she in like 2018 or 19 is like, hey, um, dear Frito-Lay, this dude is saying he did all this stuff and it's a bunch of crap. So they launched this whole investigation and Frito-Lay eventually comes out and is like, we really value Richard and he's done a lot for the Latino market Mm -hmm. with Frito-Lay. And they never came out and said like, they were angry at him or whatever. They were like, but he did not contribute in this way to Frito-Lay or whatever, like kind of this vague statement. And I'm like, this poor woman, like if this is true, she's really like, really guys? Like some white chick eating a million bags of chips a week for her job who probably has like heart <laughs> disease now. I was just like, really? And this guy's writing books and everything. This story is so layered and complex because one, Frito-Lay probably doesn't want to like totally... Um, cause any waves because this could ruin a brand image right sure and there is something that they are gaining off of this rags to riches story of a a janitor gone executive who created this brand and it's aimed at latinos or what have you so they're they're gonna 
why make waves if this is really selling? And you can sell it, you can market and sell this across the board and so much so that you have Taco Bell tacos that are this, you know, flame and hot right. taco shell. And then there are these two people who are, yes, a white woman who in some places has privilege to be able to have the ear of executives and push a brand or what have you. But she's also a woman, which is typically mm-hmm. overshadowed, overlooked, right? Is mm-hmm. And then you have another individual who's male, cisgender male, who has privilege in in some situations, but he's also not privileged in others in that, you know, obviously Latine. And he he also legit doesn't have the formal education Mm -hmm. that this woman has, who Mm -hmm. had an MBA from, I can't remember which school, but. Hot Cheeto University. Hot Cheeto (laughs) University. Yeah, that one. She got, yeah, her MBA in Flamin' Hotness. Yep. So you have these two people who, in their own ways, have a privilege and then also are part of um, a, a minority community that is often overlooked. So it's almost like there's an Olympics of who, which minority has it, has the right story or what have you. Mm-hmm. And it's just so layered and complex to see how this evolves. And he does, again, he does have a legit story and path because he really did start off as a janitor and he ended up and retired an executive. And there is something right. to how that happened and well, his gumption and his push. And it did incorporate ideas, um, an actual new brand, and it, in, I'll correct myself, it was Sabrositas, that was for the Latina community mm-hmm. that didn't go through the normal channels of right. the account, you know, the marketing and account. They did it very, like they linked up with Tupperware to get these, these, uh, this brand out. Weird. And they were saying that the reason that they felt, you know, they had to create a whole research and development team around this is because there were these little markets popping up in like Detroit and Chicago with these off-brand spicy chips and people loved them. Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, we gotta tap into this money market because this is a thing. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and and you're right, the privilege and the lack of and in what parts, like people are complicated, systems Mm -hmm. are complicated, so how do we look at this, right? And is this dude really just out there lying and just being like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I did this and people are buying into it. How many times have we seen a dude do this? Like, I mean, we had a president who just continues <laughs> to do this. So. Um, but sometimes people can get away with this. And again, when it's a story we want to believe, when we feel this connection, when we feel this this story that is so, I want that for me underdog, and my family. Yeah. The underdog, right? The rise of the underdog in corporate America. All of We want to believe that. So I don't know. The heart, so the movie, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Um, it is coming out on Disney Plus and Hulu like this week right. so we can watch it and maybe opine on our socials uh, what we think but apparently the movie was just kind of like yeah this is based on a true story whose version of the truth they did not say but based on a true story so we'll have to see Kat so when I was looking at the movie there's there's a couple facets to even movies themselves right mm-hmm. We are not going into a, a. If you really wanted the truth, you'd watch the documentary. Right. Fair. So we go and watch movies, whether in a movie theater or now in the comfort of your home. Brought to you in part by HBO Max. You can. We go to these movies to watch the, the drama of some sort. Right. 
So, of course, we know logically going into these movies that there's going to be some embellishments, there's going to be some liberties taken with conversations, feelings, all of the things. Because, again, if we wanted the actual truth and the baseline, we would have just seen the 60 Minutes version or the or the documentary. That being said, um, one of the things that, that I was thinking of in terms of the movie, not just like, is it just good? Is it well acted? Is it, sure. it going to hold your attention? But being a directorial debut for a woman mm-hmm. who is Latina, mm-hmm. signing on to a movie that is like based on a true story, mm-hmm. it's, it's moving forward. It's done. It's completed. It's out there. Is this going to have any kind of blowback or any kind yeah yeah that's that's also a concern for me because I don't want it to be a situation where this is her first and only time being able to Mm -hmm. bring her talent forward as a director because the movie isn't as isn't isn't as like quote-unquote truthful as it could have been and you know go again going back to the entertainment value of the movie itself regardless of what how truthful it is I think at the end of the day, for me, is it well acted? Like I'm not gonna right. judge the. I'm not gonna judge it on like, oh, the like accuracy they, of every moment. And he word. wore a red tie instead yeah. of the actual blue tie from the picture. Yeah. It's gonna be well. Did did they do a good job? Was it was it done? Was it thre- the the storyline? Was it threaded through well? Did it, you know, were the acting the plots flat? Like all of that. Like yep. Just was it a good movie? Was it a good movie? I agree. We can hold that space for being entertained. Mm-hmm. Maybe eat some hot chips while we're partaking in the film. Maybe with a spicy pickle beer. And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look for that spicy pickle beer because I have not. Se- I have seen pickle beers, but not a spicy pickle beer. The can is red. So oh, here we go. Come on, Las Cruces. Please give me the beer I need in this world. Spicy pickle beer. So okay, movie aside legend aside truth versus whatever aside do you let your kid eat it because there is a lot of like controversy about how much or not and and what it does to your stomach lining no it totally can irritate the lining of your stomach um as you were naming with spicy foods in general earlier but i think the tendency to consume consume mass quantities of the chips adds to so there are school districts across the country that have banned hot chips from like the vending machines from kids bringing them because it's problematic um Yes, she eats hot chips all the time. And she will on occasion be like, my stomach hurts. We're like, did you eat a half a bag of Takis? Well, <laughs> like, it's no wonder. Um, natural consequences, right? So she does. We try to limit, you know, how much or how many. And, and obviously she's not eating them every single day. But she does. Not I mean, with chopsticks, though. So maybe this is a I new I mean, a try new it so she yeah. doesn't have the three-finger redness. Yeah. Um, yes, we, if you eat, you know, as with anything, if you eat a lot of, of, a lot of it, it's going to be detrimental, right, to your stomach lining or otherwise. But I think in this particular case, because it's chemical and not like pico de gallo, which is like fresh and, or salsa. Vegetable, right, you're adding some fiber and some things there. That chemical component to it, because at the end of the day, that's processed food. I can see how it would be detrimental long term if you eat a lot of it daily or what have you. And in our areas, Chile is king, really. Yeah. And I don't see how, and 
any school district in the state of New Mexico would ever be able oh, to get rid imagine? of it. It would be like worse than a book ban <laughs> in the Midwest. <laughs> parents would, would lose be, their shit. It would be like you are no longer allowed to have the American flag in your school. That would be the reaction to oh, yeah. not having hot Cheetos, flaming hot anything. People would lose their minds. Oh my God. And admittedly, when I roll up to my favorite place to get elote and vaso, oh. I like it to have the hot Cheetos in there because it, it just adds a little something something to it. There's a place in town you can get a hot Cheeto burger where they just put the hot what? Cheetos on the burger. Mm-hmm. What? Rad. Go to Rad. Oh, hot my Hot Cheeto God, burger. Those. Okay. okay. I, I might have to. We're going to cut this off short so that I can go to Rad. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they'll have the pickle beer. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, so many... Um, so many thoughts on flaming hot things i'm glad they're in the world um i again encourage you to go find hot cheeto girl on tiktok that is going to be done if i haven't already seen her and just forgot who that creator was you would not forget okay i guarantee you right now enough It's so lovely. Kat, thanks for this lovely summary discussion. We've talked about all my weddings. (laughs) We've talked about (laughs) vacations. And hopefully you'll get to go on another one this summer. And hopefully I will too. That's not work-related. Well, that's not a vacation. That's just a trip. That is just a trip. Yeah. Well, thank you for helping me wedding plan. Because now I feel like I'm five steps closer to being able to have the wedding of my dreams. You can have a hot Cheeto cake. I think I think she would put the kibosh on that. Like, yeah. mm, absolutely not. Mm. But I am looking forward to having enchiladas. There was this one wedding where the catering was done by family. Mm. So it was just one of those where, you know, the folks getting married, that they were just not in a position to be able to do, like, a hotel room. It was a salon in the middle of, sure. and, you know, for us, vado. Um, and it was um, it was not catered. It was everybody it, brought a brisket. It pretty much was. So yeah. there were several of us primos who were in charge of bringing the alcohol, which is fine because I'm like, absolutely, that yep. one I know I can't burn, <laughs> I can't fuck up, yeah. like you know all of the okay. things. And you know, it was just that was one of the most beautiful weddings I've been to because of that element of yeah. Diaz brought frijoles and someone else brought the enchiladas and it was just it felt like we were all so invested in this marriage that we were bringing what we would make to it i'll be the i'll bring the spicy pickle beer to your wedding oh i love you for that you are the madrina of the spicy pickle beer (laughs) done yes (sighs) we are also the madrinas of the pocha podcast which comes to your ears the 15th and the 30th, más o menos, of every month. Mm-hmm. This is episodio, um, oh my God. Cincuenta. Thank you, cincuenta. <laughs> Putting the emphasis on pocha. Thank this you. This episodio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still Kat. I'm still Charlene. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.